Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Land of Bourbon and Bad Decisions. This is Relentless Daring, live on podbean.com. Uh, apparently the uh, audio is being a little choppy tonight. Uh, it's coming from uh, Scuba, who's Steve, who's here in the chat room, letting me know. Again, internet, when you live in the country, you really can't help it too much. Um, see, I, I'm, I'm just doing the best I can here, but it be what it be for some reason it's not letting me see who all is in the chat chat room tonight it's being odd so before i get into the show i'd just like to say that today was a good day so with all the covid-19 stuff been going around one of the things people have been having problems with is a spike in meat prices and that's not necessarily because of a shortage or an increased demand. It's just the processing plants have been running at a you know decreased volume. Um, I wish I Tony says more people uh, contributed to the donations. I could get better internet. Um, it's either DSL. Or I get satellite internet, and I'm not going to put that big of a burden on all y'all for satellite internet, just for my little itty-bitty show. But, you know, it is what it is. But, so, as I was saying, you know, with the spikes in meat prices today, or been going on, today I did something kind of fun. I butchered a cow. If you've never butchered a cow, it's very labor-intensive. Of course, this has been a two-week process, so... uh, Was it Memorial Day? We went out and we slaughtered said cow, which... That was interesting. I've never, never thought I'd have cow internal... Internal Organ Identification Day, but you know, it was cool to do. You know, obviously kill it, string it up from the uh, bucket of a tractor, and then you know peel it out and all that. And then uh, a local veterinarian has a walk-in cooler that uh, he he stores a lot of his medicines and stuff in it. So he gave us permission to hang the beef and huh, Tony says yeah we're gonna let PETA know mainly because we like to mess with them and we haven't 
receive the fruits of that slaughter. Yeah. Oh, I have the fruits of that slaughter. They are received, and they are chilling, setting in the uh, in my neighbor's deep freeze where he actually has room because we don't have room in our deep freezer here. So we've got a quarter of a cow, and it's about 50, 60 pounds of beef, and, or of ground beef, and then some steaks and some roast, you know, all the good stuff. Scuba Steve says, people eating tasty animals. Yes, yes, indeed. I love the tasty animals. But uh, if you're on Twitter and following me at Real Tyler Morgan over there, you would have seen, you know, the, the beef hanging in the cooler. Uh, one quarter of the beef on the kitchen counter where we actually did the butchering today. And then the pile of bones that used to be Bessie. No, the they were not left there. They were, that was in in their backyard. We actually loaded that into the back of the tractor and hauled it off into the woods for the uh, for the coyotes to gnaw on. So, I mean, and that's part of being self sufficient. All the neighborhood dogs are going crazy, and so now it's driving my dog crazy in the house. My poor wife is chasing a 80-pound mastiff through the house, trying to get her to calm down. She thinks it's obnoxious. I think it provides content to the show. But, and it's, uh, I think it's great being able to be self-sufficient. I mean, yeah, a quarter of a beef, we spent... $200. $200. And, you know, I did the math. That's like for the amount of meat we got, we did, it was like 280 a pound. And considering ground beef here in Missouri is, you know, if you go to the cheapest place you can find it, running like $5 a pound, I'll take that for a win. Well, Fortunately, if you're listening live, apparently I'm having there's some audio issues, but I am recording it. I'm looking at the recording software right now. It is running, so should not be any issues loading this up if you're not getting all of the live show. <laughs> oh, Alyssa's only getting every other word, and she's crying actual tears. I am so, so sorry. But... Anyways, with all the shenanigans going on with COVID-19 and all the riots and protests, the, the world is losing its damn mind. Um, for So there's video of, of a black cop in Austin, Texas, walking through a crowd of limp-wristed, upper-middle-class white, liberal, yuppie college students. And they're throwing crap at him, calling him a racist. Like, wait, white people calling the black guy racist because he's a cop? Come on now. It doesn't make any sense. Um, and in the world of social media, I love how things go completely off the rails for people at times. For instance, uh, I was asked uh, a couple days ago about if I'm going to continue to go bald for BLM. 
if you've been seeing this on social media, chicks shaving their head with the hashtag bald for BLM. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you an epic trolling courtesy of 4chan. Yes, 4chan, the wonderful people who told told us all that the, the okay hand gesture is a white power hand gesture. Yes, that's right. Uh, an article here from Summit News. Hashtag go bald for BLM trends on Twitter after 4chan troll. Some women tricked into shaving their heads to show solidarity with Black Lives Matters. <laughs> Alyssa says she will not shave her head for no MF. That's correct. I only shave my head just because, well, it's been like 90 degrees outside, and my hair gets nasty, and I never get off work in time to make it to a barber shop. So it's just easier to take, you know, get a handful of shaving cream and a Bic and go to town. <laughs> Uh, Tony says, asking Alyssa why she won't shave her head because me and some other people do. All right. So with white women more desperate for attention than ever before, some of them followed through with the hashtag go bald for BLM challenge, shaving their heads for Black Lives Matter, despite the fact the entire stunt appears to have been the result of a 4chan troll. (laughs) And... Uh, Scuba Steve is commenting saying that the pictures used to they used to start it was from a girl who shaved her head uh, back in 2012, you know, in solidarity with a friend going through cancer. Go Ball for BLM has been trending on Twitter all day, and while much of the hashtag is dominated by people questioning its authenticity, some women do appear to have fallen for it. Quote. The only thing I care about today, tomorrow, and in the future is hashtag Black Lives Matter. Hashtag go bald for BLM, tweeted one woman alongside a picture of her shaved head. Uh, Several other women post images of themselves with shaved heads to show solidarity for BLM. However, the hashtag appears to have been a stunt cooked up by 4chan trolls. Which is really weird because I have a friend who... He essentially lives on 4chan, and he had to leave it because even 4chan got completely woke for a while. And so it devolved into 8chan, which it's about the same. A bunch of trolls feeding each other. Uh, uh, Kim says, these women are making fools themselves. Tony says, because skinheads have totally historically supported black people and minorities. Totally. I agree 100%. I just, hopefully they don't realize that what they're trying to, uh, what they're trying to replicate with the shaved heads. Because I would hate, absolutely hate, for them to uh, go, ooh, that's bad. Anyways, a post on the notorious website states, quote, get Go Ball for BLM trending on Twitter and Instagram. The idea is to get women particularly white women, to shave their heads for BLM, guilt them into getting rid of their straight white hair to show solidarity with black women. It's uh, according to a post on the 4chans. 
Uh, 4chan has successfully trolled leftists into believing all manner of absurd things in the past, including introducing the idea that the OK hand sign was code for white supremacist. Which, again, this, as I said earlier, the fact that people will believe all this um, it, it just goes to show that they're just looking for attention um, because they want to white knight. And just remember, there's nothing more racist than white condescension and white knighting because obviously black people are unable to fend for themselves. Alyssa uh, says, I can't even be a sassy a-hole because I have no idea what is being said. What's the point of having new ears? Tyler's going to break the internet. I'm, I'm sorry I'm breaking the internet. Again, I'm, if you all have to go back and check out the actual podcast, again, looking at the recording software, it is still running. So you'll at least get an unbroken podcast at the at the end of the night, as opposed to last week and a couple weeks ago when my recording software decided to say screw me and take a nap and not actually record anything. So and then you know, and, and all of this, the left is doing the thing where they eat their own. Uh, Tony's dipping out because of the audio. Uh, yeah, the podcast should be a lot better. Again, it's clean audio as opposed to what's going through the interwebs right now. So I apologize. So as far as the left eating its own is going, it's also turning into um, cops turning on politicians, politicians turning on cops. People who support leftist politicians turning on leftist politicians. Um, For instance, police unions are turning on Joe Biden. And, you know, Joe Biden is traditionally the pro-union, you know, pro-law enforcement. I mean, he, he tried pushing the law enforcement bill of rights back in the 90s after the Rodney King beating because, you know, we have to protect the cops. We don't need our cops getting, you know, drugged through the mud just because someone says they got beat by the cops. Even though four cops were on video using their flashlights to beat the ever-loving life out of a black man. But, you know, you know Heaven forbid we allow cops to go through due process. So now, like I said, uh, this is a Politico article. Shocker, I'm going with Politico on this because, well, it's Politico. And, oh my gosh. Now the smallest dog in the house is losing her stinking mind because someone came in the front door. Anyways, uh, Politico, police groups break with Biden. Quote, police are shaking their heads because he used to be a stand-up guy who backed law enforcement, end quote. One top official said. Uh, From the article, Joe Biden has long prided himself on being a union-friendly Democrat with a good relationship with rank-and-file cops. But Biden's call for more national policing reforms and oversight in the wake of the death of George Floyd and the perception that he hasn't shown enough solidarity with law enforcement amid the ensuing nationwide protests and unrest, 
have created a fissure with law enforcement groups, leaving many who once supported him frustrated by what they regard as political posturing by their one-time ally. Quote, clearly he's made a lot of changes the way candidates do during the primary process. But he kept moving left and fell off the deep end, end quote, said Bill Johnson, executive director of the National Association of Police Organizations, the umbrella organization for police benevolent associations chapters. Oh, my God, that's a that's a mouthful. Can you imagine the business card? Quote, for Joe Biden, police are shaking their heads because he used to be a stand up guy back law enforcement, end quote, Johnson said. But it seems in his old age, for whatever reason, he's writing a sad final chapter when it comes to supporting law enforcement, end quote. As the two presidential candidates confront one of the most racially combustible moments in recent history, they're taking decidedly different tacks. President Donald Trump has issued a full-throated call to restore law and order, even threatening military action to beat back violent protests. Biden has tiptoed around the defense of law enforcement, focusing instead on the need for reforms amid deep-seated racial disparities plaguing the nation. And this kind of goes back into what I was saying last week and things I've, I've been holding consistent with for the past several years, that it's not necessarily a racist cops need to be reformed thing. It is a, is a bad policing thing. Uh, in the military, there's been an issue over the years with, or in recent years, of promoting people too fast into leadership roles, and you get soldiers without the, without leadership experience, who, you know, they just kind of fast track their way, and suddenly they're a sergeant, staff sergeant, or even a, on rare occasion, a sergeant first class who. They don't have the required time and grade, time and service, nor have they had good uh, – uh, they haven't had good mentors who can show them what's right and wrong. And the same thing happens with these cops. Uh, police have to expand departments because you know, there's a demand from the community, we need more cops. And so when they do, kind of like the Army did during the surge, they relax standards, and they just start getting bodies to fill roles. And that's not saying it's a bad thing. However, some people lack the emotional intelligence so to speak, to be able to handle themselves in bad situations. Um, that Matt Walsh was released the, uh, well, he tweeted out the video of uh, Tony Tempa, who was killed in a similar manner four years ago in Dallas because he was having a psychiatric break. He knew he was having a psychiatric break, and he called 911 to get help so he wouldn't hurt himself or anyone else. He realized he was having problems and he tried to take care of it. And the cops handcuffed him, pinned him down on the ground onto his face, and pretty much 
crushed the life out of him by kneeling on his back and laughing and joking the entire time. Again, and Tony Temple was not black. Tony Temple was white. I mean, so were those cops racist because they hated the white guy so much? And the fact of the matter is, any given year, if you total up the number of minorities killed during police interactions and police confrontations, armed or unarmed, just straight numbers, if you add up all, all, the, all the minorities who are killed by cops, that's usually what it takes to equal the number of white people killed by cops. I mean, I haven't run the numbers to see if it's you know representative of demographic groups. Well, eighty per, or seventy some percent of the population is white, so and then it correlates to seventy percent of the popu seventy percent of the people killed by cops are white and. 13 African-American, 13 African-American, so on. So I haven't done that. It's just, it's an interesting concept that, huh. So if that many more people who are not a minority are being killed by cops, what is the issue then? It, it can't be, well, I'm not going to say it can't be a race issue because there's always going to be racist a-holes everywhere you go, every walk of life. I have known people in the military who I made an active effort to try to avoid because they were racist dicks. And I had no need for that in my life. You know, I had a buddy who, oh, all's well and good, all's well and good. Every now and then he'd make a joke. He's like, ha, it's a joke. Then the jokes be more often, and okay, this is really uncomfortable. Then suddenly you're just like, dude, I don't know where your heart is. I don't know how you actually feel on this subject, but uh, the Jesus told his disciples, "You shall know them by their fruits." And right now, your fruits are looking are uh, awful sour. When it comes to uh, that I issue of race, um, you can just kind of stay over in your world. I'm going to stay over here, and I'm not going to hang out with you anymore because you're you're dragging me down. And everyone, everyone eventually confronts someone like that in their life. At some point, you have to go. You know, I can't have this kind of negativity in my life. I I can't have someone who insert random racial group you can't have someone who is bothered by that and constantly just makes it a thing in their life I can't you know and yeah and if you don't call someone out on it you're not you know maybe they don't realize it maybe it's subconscious I don't know Maybe they, they're fully aware and they don't give a rat's behind and they're just going to do it anyways. That's just who they are and by God, you don't like it, don't hang out with them. And if that's the case, don't hang out with them. But, you know, 
like there's so many people I've seen on social media calling uh Chauvin, Chauvin, whatever the guy's name is, the cop who killed George Floyd. Well, he's just a racist cop. He killed him because he was black. Like, well, okay. Do you have evidence that he was killed because he was black? Because I haven't seen that. I think it's just bad policing and bad police procedure. And and wanting reform for cops to be able to be like train them to de-escalate de-escalate situations. Which, you know, people trying to demonize George Floyd because, yeah, he was not the greatest human being in the world, but he didn't deserve to, you know, be be smothered to death in the street. But, you know, but people's trying to like, oh my God, he deserved what he got because, you know, he was trying to hide drugs and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, it doesn't matter what he was or was not doing. I mean, unless he was engaged in an act of struggle, actually trying to do, you know, bodily harm to any of those police officers, he should not have been killed, period, end of story. And then, I want to be, uh, before I go on my, take my little break here, I'm going to go put on my uh, Alex Jones tinfoil hat for a second. Because an update to that situation, he's been arrested. He was originally charged with third-degree murder and uh, and another manslaughter charge. Well, the the Attorney General of Minnesota, the wonderful, wonderful human being that is former Congressman Keith Ellison, well, he upped the charges to second-degree murder. Now, I don't have the the definition of second-degree murder for the state of Minnesota and what constitutes that, and therefore an idea of what the burden of proof that the prosecution has to make. But I'm going to presume there's more of a, well, I was doing this, and I was doing X, Y, and Z action, and it just made sense to kill them at that point. I'm, it's a, yeah, I said, don't quote me as that's what second-degree murder is, because I don't, again, it varies from state to state. Generally, it's the same thing, and I just don't have that info right on hand. But if, you know, the beginnings of intent are the burden of proof, if they do not include all lesser-included charges, which was a, a couple years ago there was a, a uh, cop from the University of Cincinnati who was engaged in a traffic stop where don't know the precise uh, happenings, but basically it ended with him in the window of the person's car trying to put the car into park and take the keys out of the ignition and in the cop's mind, he thought the driver, who was black, was going to try to run him into the uh, concrete barriers in the middle of the road, and he pulled out his gun and shot him. 
He was charged, I think, second-degree murder and all lesser-included charges. This cop was tried three times and ended up in a hung jury three times. And I think the case could be made that if they really, really pushed to go, you know, get the jury to go with manslaughter, I think they could have gotten a conviction. But uh, the prosecutors in Cincinnati, eventually, they, after three times of ending up with a hung jury, you know, they brought the uh, family of the victim in and just laid out. And it's like, we know you want justice for your son. And we have tried three times. But, you know, we're just going to let you know we are dropping the charges against him because we'll never get a conviction. And that's a case of... The justice wasn't denied by the justice system as far as prosecutors, police, and all that goes. It's, we have, we use jury trials, and jury trials are not necessarily clean. They're not necessarily, they don't necessarily go the way you want them to. And so, going back to George Floyd with his, uh, with his charges being bumped to second degree murder. Like I said, this is kind of tinfoil hatty, Alex Jones-ish. Uh, but what if the the point is you make it a harder burden of proof on the prosecution, and because they can't meet that burden of proof in a jury trial, that cop is acquitted. And because he's been acquitted of a murder, the other three charges again, or the other charges against the other three officers, uh, aiding and abetting a murder. Well, legally, a murder didn't happen. So can they still be charged with aiding and abetting? And maybe the charges get dropped, or they get, or they get acquitted on their charges. And then. Suddenly, you have the justice system looking like it's unfairly skewed in favor of police, and it sparks off more riots and carrying on. And, yep. And the peaceful protests, I don't mind. I have a friend who took her daughter to a protest in San Antonio uh, several days ago, and you know what? They got there early. And the cops were there. Cops addressed the crowd, said, hey, we're here because we support your right to, you know, free speech and to assembly. We're here to protect you. You know, if anyone tries to start anything, we're going to break it up. And the cops passed out water to people as it got hot. There was a Trump rally across the way that within earshot of each other. Yeah, there was a couple a-holes in that crowd yelling at the Black Lives Matter protest, but... And a couple passers-by who were shouting profanities at him. But all in all, it went well. It went smoothly. I support that. I do believe there's changes in policing that needs to be made. Not necessarily because 
you know, one race is unfairly targeted over another. Just you can't have cops who become overly militarized. You know, I remember being in Afghanistan with blown up bad guys that we escorted to a combat support hospital because uh, at the point we found them, they became, you know, enemy prisoners of war and we were duty bound by the Geneva Conventions, even though Afghanistan is not a signing member, to, you know, treat their war wounded. And we did with dignity. It's why can't cops figure out, okay, we have him in handcuffs, he appears to be having a panic attack and we can't we can't get him in the car. Let's just set him down and try to get him to calm down or maybe even get a medical team out here to give him a sedative so we can get him in the car and take him in for booking. I, it's, it's not a hard concept. I, or maybe I'm just thinking about it way too, you know, way too naively with too much, with uh, too much naivete. I mean, I don't know. But I want to take a quick break. Be right back after this. This is Tyler from Relentless Daring, and I am launching the brand new RelentlessDaring.com merch shop. Instead of having to go to a third-party vendor, now you can do everything right there at RelentlessDaring.com. If you want to buy merch, go to RelentlessDaring.com slash shop, and there you can get hats, you can get t-shirts, you can get hoodies, you can get coffee cups, you can get stickers. Go there today to show your love for the Relentless Daring podcast. And as always, stay relentless. All right, come back off the break. So, I was uh, talking earlier about, you know, with people turning on, you know, the police unions turning on Biden because Biden, who was very, let's take an, an improportionate number of black people and put them in jail with this crime bill, and let, let's try to protect cops from uh, prosecution with the uh, Law Enforcement Bill of Rights, and you know you have now you have protesters turning on notorious leftists. Uh, Town Hall uh, had an article. Here's how a Brooklyn crowd welcomed Mayor De Blasio to George Floyd vigil. Mayor Warren Wilhelm III, or Bill De Blasio to his friends, was tasked with managing two crises at once, and he's failed on both counts. As late as March, the mayor was encouraging New Yorkers to go out to the movies and downplaying the threat of the coronavirus. Then, once he became more draconian about the health crisis, he, for some reason, singled out the Jewish community for violating his stay-at-home orders. Then came the riots in response to the Minneapolis police killing of George Floyd. New York has been complete mayhem for the past couple weeks as rioters and looters uproot the city. There are hardly any establishments that haven't been destroyed, and on one particularly distressing evening, 
protesters ran over police officers. President Trump called out the disorder and urged both the mayor and Governor Andrew Cuomo to send in the National Guard. They have yet to follow that advice. Now, having summarized the mayor's behavior, the following video placed in proper context at Planned Vigil for George Floyd in Brooklyn, de Blasio received a less than warm welcome. He stepped out and they were booed. This is the same mayor who he steps out to give a speech in front of police and they turn their backs on him because he throws the cops under the bus at every chance he gets. Uh, Reverend Kevin McCall, the organizer who introduced the mayor, had to repeat again, we said respect. Say it with me, respect. He repeated respect several more times. Probably a wise decision that de Blasio's wife, uh, Shirley McRae, spoke first. At his Friday press conference, the mayor responded to calls for him to resign. He reminded the reporters that a majority of New Yorkers elected and re-elected him and that, quote, critics are going to be critics, end quote. He defiantly said he's not going anywhere. Uh, Governor Cuomo has also directly blamed the mayor for the city's chaos, which, at the end of the day, it really is him. Uh, Andrew Cuomo has spoken out and said that uh, de Blasio has 38,000 police officers at his disposal and that he should be using them to quell the riots. And everyone is, you know, freaking out about, you know, Trump saying that we should use the uh, use the military according to the Insurgent Act of 1807. Oh my gosh. You, you you can't send the military in. Why not? Um, uh, George W. Bush wanted to use the Insurgency Act to send in troops to lend support after Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans. George H.W. Bush used the Marine Corps to quell riots in Los Angeles after the Rodney King verdict. yeah, It's been used over and over again through, throughout our history, back to 1807. Um, was it in the 1950s, after Brown versus the Board of Education and essentially the Supreme Court ordering the desegregation of all schools, the governor of Arkansas refused to desegregate Central High School in Little Rock. So the 101st Infantry Division, or the 101st, actually they were the Airborne at that point, because, but anyways, I digress. The 101st Airborne was sent in to hold back rioters and people screaming crazy racist epithets at nine students walking into Central High School. You had federal troops being used to enforce uh, civil rights after the Civil War was over during Reconstruction because, uh, be, you know, still before Republicans began starting to sweep through the South, there's still a lot of uh, Democrat-controlled 
states and cities, you know, federal troops had to go in and set, you know, to tell the the state government, no, you are going to observe these because, you know, it's our job to enforce the Bill of Rights. And, you know, if the military is going in, you know, to stop these riots, I don't have a problem with that. However, if they are being used to stop protesters who are out there making lots of noise, holding up signs, and advocating for change, if they're the ones who start uh, being uh, attacked by National Guard, I do have a problem with that. Because there is no reason for that. You know, find the people who are, you know, being the muckrakers, the the agents pro- provocateur, and, you know, find them in the crowd and deal with them. Deal with the crazy Antifa idiots. You know, those middle class, or more than likely upper middle class, white liberal college kids who think they know everything. And, you know, because they are so far in the, so far in the tank for communism, socialism, everything right of them, even, even if it's just, you know, a half pace to the right, everything to the right of them is fascist. So now they have to go out and riot and tear everything up and proclaim to be something they're not. Anarcho-communists. We believe in anarchy. No no government whatsoever. But everyone should not, no one should have property. The, the means of production belong to everyone. The fruits of the production belongs to everyone. And we should all just take a you know, take according to our need without realizing that there will be people who take more, put in less, and you have to have a government who's going to go, no, 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 you, takers, the ones who, you know, sponge off everyone else but don't contribute anything, yeah, you're going to the gulags, and you're going to make big rocks in the little rocks. They always seem to forget that fact. You have to have a a strong ruling fist, strong ruling fist, to really is you know, clamp down on the throats of those who would not want to work for the betterment of their communist society. A strong man, almost like a a Mussolini or a Hitler or a Stalin, a Pol Pot, a Mao, someone who's more than willing to sacrifice somebody else's life for the greater good. But, you know, it be what it be. And uh, we'll go on one last little tangent here before I call tonight. So, uh, The Lancet is a British medical journal. Very prestigious. Well, they've had to come out and They've had to retract an article that was published that hydroxychloroquine 
kills people. <gasps> but it turns out this study, this 96,000 case observational study on people with hydroxychloroquine suddenly developing heart conditions and dying. Yeah, it turns out that it was faked. No, you look like an idiot. Yeah, uh, how many uh, researchers saw that study and goes, ah, dang it. Just when we thought we were going to see some promise, they're coming out saying it's killing people. Son of a gun. Now, now we're going to we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to cancel it. We're going to have to find something else. Well, I mean, the study was done per- The study was done pretty much just to spite Donald Trump and his, you know, I've heard about hydroxychloroquine. If, if you're sick, you should, uh, you know, talk to your doctor, maybe give it a try. Well, it turns out that, oh, well, this this study was pushing a fake narrative. It's real fake news. I know, it's an oxymoron. Real fake news. As opposed to fake real news. But, and then, of course, once I heard that this study that had been published in the the Lancet was fraudulent story. I, I just couldn't help but think, you know, there was a time when a doctor conducted unscrupulous, unethical, nay, illegal medical studies on children without their knowledge, without their parents' knowledge or permission, and he came to the false conclusion that the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine, the MMR, is strongly linked to causing autism. Yeah, well, it, it turns out, yeah, that study wasn't real either. In fact, that doctor lost his medical license and can no longer be a doctor. He can no longer perform medicine that's really weird thing to say to perform medicine but I believe it's grammatically correct if I'm not well I don't care um, but the study linking MMR to autism that for the past 20 years has had celebrities of all stripes coming out and <gasps> all these all these vaccinations are causing the autism oh my god yeah where was it published <gasps> it was published in the lancet now you look like an idiot so here you have this prestigious journal they got duped once, and okay, so maybe they've had some leadership changes and changes in the editorial staff for, you know, from years ago. But you would think maybe a medical journal would keep track of 
oh, pardon me, would keep track of its own failures, like maybe tack them on a wall in the, you know, lead in the managing editor's office as a reminder that if we don't actually pay attention to what's coming across the desk where you can print something very, very horribly, tragically wrong, you would think that. But I guess it turns out the Lancet doesn't give two craps because, like I said, you wait 20 years, come back, and, oh, this study proves an American politician that we don't like is wrong. We're going to run it, and we're going to make him look like a fool. Then some of the authors come out and, uh, yeah, about that article. Um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's uh, totally fake. Wait, wait, wait. What was that? It's totally fake. I, I'm sorry. I, I believe you said that research article that you gave us to publish and that we ran and we got all this attention for. Did you just say it was totally fake? Yeah, I did. Oh, oh, that's that's some that should be some heartburn at the Lancet. I mean, they couldn't look and see if it was peer reviewed before they published it. They couldn't look and see that. Well, does is it possible that any of these researchers have a given political bent? I mean. We're not asking them to, uh, you know, undergo undergo a top secret security clearance investigation. But can we not look and see? Maybe if they're trying to push a narrative that might not be true. I know it's asking a lot that you know, and I will give the Lancet uh, props for coming out and. Publicly saying, yeah, we screwed the pooch on that one. Our bad. I give them, yeah, I give them mad props for admitting to it. Pardon me, but what's the old saying? A half ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. You would think they would do a better job at checking the stuff that's coming across their desk instead of just running with it. Well, that's going to wrap up the show tonight. Um, those of you who stuck with me through the live cast, I understand. It was hard to listen to because it's cutting in and out. Again, that's an that's the internet thing. I really cannot help that. Um, but thank you, those who stuck with me. I appreciate it. But that's the reason why I record it and I'm checking again. Yes, it is still recording. It didn't quit on me this week. Yeah. It's always the small victories. Again, that's the reason why I do it on podcast. And again, this live show did start as a podcast, so good on you if you're still subscribed. Um, if you're listening to this, if Apple is your prefer your preferred podcast uh, listening OS of choice, 
A ask that you do four things on on Apple Podcasts. First of all, subscribe. Then you get it every week when I publish the new episode. Second of all, leave a five star rating. The more five star ratings you get, you leave behind. It affects the uh, algorithm to help find more pe- wonderful, wonderful, absolutely amazing people like yourselves. And then, just to pique their curiosity, once they see that, oh, if you like this podcast, you may enjoy this one. You may click on and they read the reviews and, you know, the majority of people seem to really like this show. Except for that one guy who thinks that he talks about himself way too much and that he's massively uninformed. Yeah, I know. There's always that one guy in the crowd. What can you do? And then, once you have gone through steps one through three, you've subscribed, you've rated it, you've left a nice reviewed. Last step, share it. Share the link on social media. Send the link directly to a friend who you think will enjoy this show. Or, if you want to aggravate the crap out of somebody because they're flaming liberal leftist and you just feel like you want to get under their skin, use me as a tool. Send my show directly to your crazy liberal leftist friend just to aggravate them. and make You don't even have to tell me. I'll... I'll just sense it like a disturbance in the force, and it'll make me feel so good. I mean, these are the, th- the little things I live for. Um, and also, again, I, I ran the trail there the the plug for it during the during the break there about halfway through. Uh, go to the website www.relentlessdaring.com. There you can stream back episodes of the podcast. Or you can go to the merch shop. Again, if you go to the merch shop, uh, you, we just we have hats again. Um, I am currently wearing the the green and navy trucker cap with the uh, subdued, relentless, daring flag embroidered onto it. It's not just not just printed; it's actually embroidered on the hats. Um, again, all proceeds from the merch shop. Or if you choose to make a donation, you know, at the top of the page, you will see the donate button through PayPal. You know, you can set up a, you can set up, you know, a one-time payment. Like, hey, I like what you're doing. I'm going to give you 20 bucks. Or you can, or you can set up a, a recurring donation. Hey, I really, really like what you're doing. I want to help keep this show on the air. You can set that recurring payment. All of this goes into making the show better for you or for helping me do a more professional sounding show. As a matter of fact, through contributions received from you, the listeners, I ordered a new set of headphones that are specifically for doing this podcast. They're really nice in-ear monitors that that way, because um, right now, I'm not going to lie, I have a beat up pair of Sony headphones where one of the headphones isn't even on my isn't even on my head. So I'm only listening to you on one side of my head right now. And it's not throwing me off. 
yeah, uh, LW Sap saying I'm cutting cutting out really bad. I understand I'm cutting out really bad. My internet here in the middle of nowhere is crappy, but fortunately, the podcast will be going up later this evening, early in the morning, so it will be available. But thank you for at least trying to stick with me. Um, again, like I said, donations and merch sales it all goes towards the podcast, keeping it on the air, buying equipment. That helps me do a better show, be more professional sounding, even though the audio is cutting out on the live stream. I'm sorry. Um, again, thank you all for listening. Uh, it's love getting out here and being able to do this every weekend. And as always, stay relentless. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.